0: Everyone has a story to share that shapes the very foundations of who we are. And sometimes these stories become obstacles that we can't move past and we find ourselves stuck. A Modern Shaman is an original podcast series that shares these stories, the shit we all go through and the ability to overcome it. Get ready to laugh, cry and become inspired as we share and find comfort in the stories that connect us. Join your hosts, Shaman Isabella and Kimberly Harlan, each week on A Modern Shaman, as they explore ways for you to discover healing, growth, and joy. Learn how letting go of trauma can open up a world full of beauty that awaits us all. So, can we ask you, what's your story? This is A Modern Shaman.
1: Kim. Hey, <laughs> I didn't do what I normally do, right? Hello. Welcome back to another episode, episode of the Twilight Zone. The modern Twilight Zone. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is our I don't know what maybe 17th show. That's and out our- there, I think was on sensitives, being sensitive. And there was something I didn't talk about. So I definitely really wanna say, highly sensitive people can also have a thing around fabric. And not just it, you know, not just fabric, but they feel, you know, textiles or, or, or books or things, or, you know, like Ariel's uh, book, she's gonna be on our show, June 12th, giving her a plug. Uh, when it came and I felt it, I was like, oh, you know, it reminded me, well, this isn't going to look great, right? But it reminded me of my deck of cards, the good vibes, because of the texture. So when I opened the good vibes for the first time, Kim, and I felt the booklet inside, Yeah, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. I just feel That's the like- okay.
0: So, in a past life, I was actually a graphic designer for years and years and years. The whole time my kids were little, I, um, I worked at home, you know, in my jammies and while they were sleeping at three o'clock in the morning, just like I do now. But, um, but I, you like, we're trained, you know, as a graphic designer, you're trained about the emotionality, the sensitivity of papers. And it does evoke. Oh, wow. And then also, Uh, fast forward took my graphic design work into marketing and now like you know then eventually eventually many years a whole career path I'm working in the the fashion industry um, for pretty big um, clothing manufacturers in downtown LA and of course sensitivity to the way fabrics feel yeah how expensive they feel or how cheap they feel and how they feel on your body, but like, are you talking about the physical feel and, or the emotional, um, you know, well, it, it stirs
1: that's, up a, that's really a good question. So the, um, the, the emotional feel for the deck of cards yeah, and, and Ariel's book, when I felt the, the texture of it, it was emotional to me. Yes. I guess physically it's soft, it's silky, but it, it, it emotionally did something to me for clothing i am i i i think this happened because of the top i have right on right now i love this top right but i don't really like the way it feels it's a knit kind of poly blend probably i cannot have wool on my skin i can't have tags touching my skin i, I remember yesterday i was like touching your arm and I was like oh you're soft like me and you were <laughs> you made me touch your belly I was like oh you're so soft Bella. but that softness like really and then finding out highly sensitive people yeah have this thing with uh with touching things and feeling you know but yes I'm very uh I'm very sensitive like you have to cut I remember my mom cutting the tag out of my underwear because I couldn't stand. I mean I was like and I remember Victoria, when she was little, she couldn't handle the, the top part of the sock. Gee, have you ever heard of that? Like, it's a thing. Like, uh, uh, she time. can't handle people crunching in her ear. And she found out that's an actual thing. Oh, my God. I was
0: married to that person. He, we, we couldn't go to the theater. Yes, that is a, that's another it, really called, crazy sensitivity. Oh, it's and his mother had it, too, and it would drive us all crazy because he would make us feel like we were horrible people ruining everything. We couldn't go to the movie theater if somebody six rows back was eating popcorn and he could hear it. He would freak
1: out. Yeah, I mean, that's how great. I was. That's how I was with and still am with tags no, no tags. And I tried to cut the toe out from Victoria, but that didn't work. What you just said leads right into today's topic victim mentality. Ta da. Now, not that, you know, I, I, I mean, it's just how, hmm, oh, my brain is going, it's going faster than I can speak. So he definitely had that, but he blamed other people. Right. And I think that that is the victim mentality rather than taking care of himself. And he was definitely a sensitive person. I mean, with everything you've talked about with the addictions and I've met Harper and I see how sensitive she is and you are, you know, so, so the victim mentality is the blaming of other people. It's the staying stuck in the old narrative of what happened, being able to get over it and not being able to grow past it and, you know, continually being the victim of your own circumstances. So that's what we wanted to talk about today. And we would love to hear back from you and have, uh, we can continue this conversation on another show as well, but just tell us what you think about, that. What do you, how do you feel about your own circumstances and being a victim of your own circumstances? And well, it wasn't my fault. You know, it was their fault. It was my parents' fault. And I always say, you can blame your parents for the first 18 years, but after that, it's on you.
0: I have heard that. In fact, um, my stepmother taught me that, but I don't know if I believe it. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, why don't you believe No, no. You so don't blame them for the first 18 years? I don't know. I think we all take this shit to the grave. But it, it, it's, it's, not, not, it's, not it's not a good thing. It's not going
1: to work. Yes, you will take it to your grave. And then guess what karma does? It throws it back at you so you have to come back again and do it again. No, thank you. I'd like to clear all the karmic loops in this lifetime and not have to come back and repeat this. Do so, you think that's possible? Do you think okay. it's possible to clear your karma in this life, uh, this particular lifetime, probably not because I yeah. have so much. But I am, I am clearing karma. I'm watching it. I'm watching the ancestral loops being broken. I'm watching the karma break. I'm watching the children change. I'm watching myself change and grow. You know, and and yeah, am I still holding on to certain things? Yes. Uh, do I listen for the victim mentality coming out of my mouth all the time? Yeah. All the time, because it's very, very easy to slip back into, he did that to me. Yeah. Have you ever heard this? Nobody can do anything to you? Yeah, I haven't heard that, but
0: it's, it makes perfect sense. And actually, okay, what about I,
1: this? I awkwardly tried to teach it to my kids. What about this? Nobody can make you feel any kind of way.
0: That is what I said to my kids. <gasps> That's the same thing. And it's something that has to be drilled. Like you have to be taught that I was not taught that, but for the, no, was not right. That. But the grace of God, I somehow picked it up somewhere and did try to pass that on. I still do. Right. To everybody.
1: Can you hear your inner victim? Can you hear your victim mentality?
0: Yeah. It happens. It, it happens for sure. And so, and the karma as well. I, I am also super aware of clearing it out. And then I'm also super aware of oh, shit. I just created new for myself, new crap for myself.
1: So, and- what I, so what I try to do is catch myself. Yeah, I just try to catch myself like, like, I listen to my, what I'm saying about myself and to myself. I listen to what I'm saying. And if it sounds victimy, yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. No more. I'm not signing up for that anymore. I do not want to be the victim of the rape. I don't want to be the victim of the addiction. I don't want to be the victim of my household. I don't want to be the victim of my anything in my life. I want the power. I want my power back. So I think by being a victim, I'm giving my power away. I'm, I'm powerless over how you make me feel. Right. So I'm what, powerless over my
0: feelings. At what point in your life did the little light bulb turn on and oh. did you start crawling out of that hole?
1: Oh, my like God. What,
0: what, how did... Like was there an event or was it just gradual? And then you look back and you're like, oh, well, I'm doing this. This is a thing and it it's working, or like how did it work for you? I've
1: had two major, major, major pieces, maybe three, but two really big ones. So the first one was the pregnancy with Victoria. When I was in prison and I, you know, I I'd, I'd been in and out of prison for drugs, and I was walking through the hell. <laughs> Like, it's like a story, you know, it's like a movie. I'm walking through the, there was a place called Civil Brand Institute in East LA.
0: Is it still there? It's
1: gone. No, I don't think so. I remember that. And, oh my gosh, that place was so scary. The Civil Brand Institute for Women is a
0: prison.
1: Huh? It's, it's, it's a prison. It's a, it's a jail. It a was jail? A, a jail. It was a jail, okay. was a jail for okay. women.
0: Some and and
1: like I, w- I was in there and I turned myself in because story, 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 but I had turned myself in to go back and do my time because when you abscond on parole, if they catch you and you catch a new case, you got years in front of you. But if you turn yourself in, I was, I kind of was like, I had my head together a little bit. So I turned myself in and I thought I might be pregnant and I got the pregnancy test. And I remember walking through the halls of wow. Civil Grant Institute. I remember the color of the walls. It was that hospital green, like a mental, yeah. inst- mental ward green. Yeah. And I'm walking down the halls and I find out I'm pregnant and I'm, and I'm walking back to the dorm. And I think to myself, I'm 31 and the rabbit done died. Do you remember that saying? Yeah. Oh, God. Your pregnancy on the rabbits, whatever. So 31 and the rabbit done died. So that was like my first, okay, no more being a victim. You got to pull it together. And I didn't know if I was going to give her up for adoption. I definitely was not going to get an abortion in prison. That scared the shit out of me. And I was on my way back. So from Sybil Brand, then they sent you to CIW in Frontier, California. Which I think that might still be there. Anyway, story for another day. So so that was one. But the biggest one was uh, I'm in the Amazon jungle. And I'm with this group that I learned my shamanism from. And my best friend, who was probably not okay mentally. I don't really know what her story is fully. uh, But we had an interaction. I had just come off ayahuasca. I had just done this amazing. When we do the plant medicine uh, talk, I'm going to talk about that, that journey. But uh, I looked at her and she said something awful, you know, and I looked at her and I was like, and I said it aloud. And I was like, you and me and this right here, it's over. It's over. I'm done. And I walked out of that and I was a changed person. She was my biggest teacher in boundaries. She was my big, I love her to death over there. But literally, I, I can remember like it was yesterday, sitting in the jungle and going, you and me and this right here, it's over. I have no, I, I, there's no, I have nothing left to give. I've given and given and given and given, and I'm done being the victim. And I came home, I turned my home into the Orange County orangecountyhealingcenter.com and I never looked back. So that for me was like a huge awakening into my stepping forward is like, I'm not going to be the victim of the rapes. I'm not a survivor. I'm not a victim. I chose that. I chose my path. I chose my stories. I chose my journey so that I could be the shaman I am today and I'm done and I'm good. And I'm, and, and so now I teach this victim consciousness, right? Where are you stuck in your own victim and how can you pull yourself out of it? How do you pull yourself out of it? By not blaming other people. Yeah. By not blaming other people for your shit that you started. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, yeah, maybe it's your mom and maybe they were fucked up. And maybe like forgiveness is key. Forgiveness of self, forgiveness of the other person that that I no longer want to be the victim. I want to be well, happy. Great. so but but so much easier
0: said than done. Forgiveness, and that's a whole big topic.
1: It is. I, I, is it though easier said than done for most people? If you were you gifted yourself two experiences,
0: and I'm sure many many more. Yeah, those two really you know have stuck for you, and do you know did you you it's like you passed through some kind of a doorway a portal that you never even meant to
1: except i I didn't even know i was stuck in i think awareness so we could talk about awareness right awareness being half the battle and 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 and, well you know forget for forget forget forgiving other people forget it forgive yourself yourself okay also still
0: well maybe a little easier then easier said than done Um, because then you can, you can work on that. You can't work on shit for other people. You can only work on. No. And what
1: other people think of you is none of your business anyway. So true. I love yours. Now, obviously it's because I'm 62 years old that I can say that at 30, I cared so much what everyone else my whole life. Yeah. I cared what you thought of me. Yeah. You know, and, and I probably still do in some way. Yeah. But uh, I definitely don't judge myself the way I used to. That's so cool. so hard on myself. Like I was, and that was another thing about being sensitive that Drew Barrymore had said, because that guy was like asking her, does she do this and does she do that? And she's like, Yeah, I'm hardest on myself. I could give my I could give, 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 give to other people. But when it came to me and myself, I couldn't. And I judge myself and I'm the hardest on myself. And if that's a sign of a sensitive person, I'm absolutely there. I'm, yeah. I'm still hard on myself. I mean, I still have to work through, like, bring yourself back, be in the moment, be in the moment, stay in the moment, in the molecule of the moment, in the present breath of now, just stay, take a breath, go outside, look at the tree, like, get back here now Mm -hmm. because you can't do anything about the past, but ruminate and ruminate and ruminate. You have no idea of the future. And if you keep doing the same thing, you know, that program, if you keep doing the same thing, expecting different results, you're not going to get anywhere. So like take the road less traveled. I know what it's like to be the victim. I know what it's like to judge myself. I know what it's like to have feel like the world is against me. What if I go over here and think, I forgive myself. I'll listen to how I speak to myself. I'll listen to how what I talk about. That's a key. Listen to how you talk about yourself to others. Listen to how you talk about others and listen to how you talk about yourself to yeah. yourself.
0: Yeah.
1: Change that inside yourself. Change that narrative inside yourself. The world is your oyster. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um,
0: forgiveness or unforgiveness, the inability to forgive oneself comes in so many shapes and sizes. And literally, um, I wanted to ask you, what what do you think of uh, the, the body awareness, acceptance, and maybe forgiveness that's, that has... Um, you know sort of blossomed over the past few years definitely during covid um you know
1: there's so not, i mean i love the whole acceptance thing because right. i mean being raised by the model mother right. Right. and that painting in the background um it was it was hard and i was a very thin kid i mean i didn't eat i was like just you know i just didn't eat and then i was a drug addict so i was very very thin In my late 20s, I started gaining weight and got fat. I think I was up to 220, but I was 5'11". So, you know, everyone thought, oh, you carry it well. But it's how you felt inside. And I could just hear my mom's voice. And even when I got down to 180, which is where I'm at now, now I'm 180. My body likes to be 180. You know, I'd love to be 170. I look better in clothes, but I'm 180, whatever. My mom would always say, suck it in. That's why I hear suck it in, suck it in, stand up straight suck it in. Can't you suck that in? Oh, that had just got clean. I was like, either you want me strung out and skinny, or you want me fat and happy, mom, it's up to you. It's such a bitch. Oh, my God. (laughs) No, no, that's setting boundaries. I think it's good. You know, you're fat and happy. I'm fat and happy. You know, and of course, everyone looks at me and says, you're not fat. Um, But I think fat is relative to how you feel in your Yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. And uh I love, you know, and I always say, you know, Victoria's always struggled with her weight when she was little and get teased and just oh, it was horrible. And I would, I always had a picture of a cherub angel, and I would point to the cherub angel and I'd say, I mean, little, she's like four, okay, little or five. What do you look like? She'd say, An angel. I said, exactly. You look, it's gonna make me cry. You look just like that cherub angel.
0: Yeah.
1: Love that body. Yeah. And even though she's struggled because of outside, inside, I don't think she struggles really. She's so that girl wears half tops and and you know, puts herself out there in bikinis and beautiful, beautiful big body, beautiful. But actually, she's got a tiny little body. It's so funny, like, the concepts of overweight. You know, she was always looked at as the overweight girl with the lollipop head girls. Remember the lollipop head girls? They had the big heads and the tiny bodies during Friends. Everyone was, like, super, super sucked up. So I look back now at the pictures of her her with her girlfriends, and they just all look like twigs. And she looks, I mean, stunning. So not that those girls don't look stunning. They do. They have their own stunningness. But, you know, it's this culture of how are we teaching our kids to not be the victim of weight and not be the victim of what society says you should look like. And go back to the Renaissance era when large women that were white, you know, for the Renaissance that era or large black women or large brown women were accepted were you know that was a sign of wealth skinny Mm. tan white girls were in the you know outside you know doing the thing just interesting how society dictates what and how we should be
0: oh yeah and and there's just been such a big shift um recently in the past few years yeah it's really hard for me. Like, um, I can say that I've definitely, you know, been a victim of thinking that I am a lesser person because I gained weight. You know, I gained, I gained the COVID-19 plus, you know, I, I, (laughs) and I just, and I just lost it. And, um, over
1: over the
0: past few, um, six months. And I, 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 you know, I have to admit, I feel, much better about myself. And but so that mentality, the victim mentality being attached to body issues.
1: Right. I mean, I remember like guys used to whistle. They really don't do that anymore, but in the 70s, you know, they would whistle, oh. call all the time. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I was a kid. So, you know, I got a lot of attention. 220 pounds on the bus and people turning the other way, people not looking at me, never having catcalls. It's, it was very interesting for me being this super thin kid who thought she was ugly, but everyone thought she was beautiful and whatever that story was. I always, I always had such low self-esteem, um, but being on the bus that time and feeling like, wow, what, what's happening? People are actually looking the other way. And how sad is that, that, you know, society put that on us. I think that was the eighties exactly. and how women have grown out of that and how, you know, I just, I just want my daughter to feel comfortable in her own body. I want to feel comfortable in my own body. I want people just to feel comfortable in whatever, whatever body type, whatever color skin, whatever ethnicity, whatever, you know, just to feel comfortable, be kind to themselves, forgive, you know, and, and Louise and I always talk about practicing kindness, how to, how to have more compassion for ourselves. Oh, big time. Once, once we do that, then we can have compassion for others. Then you can forgive others. Then you can stop being the victim of your circumstances. Then, but as long as we're, all of it is us. As long as we're attacking ourselves, Judging ourselves, telling ourselves that we're not good enough, then that's what we're going to attract in our life. That's a hard one. That's a,
0: something to practice on, especially getting older and these wrinkles. And you know,
1: oh god, no, don't go there. We're going to do that another day. I know, no, no, but wrap up show now. But yeah, the really yeah, close. and and this mask
0: then. This massive, we don't have to get into it, but it just blows me away. This massive industry, skincare, promising miracles. And I'm spending my money on it and
1: realizing, shit. That didn't work. That didn't work. Fine. No, I'm noticing it. I At your restaurant yesterday uh, with the girls, uh, I noticed those pictures and I had like, like these wrinkles all the way up my, I was like, what is that? And even putting this top on, I was like, uh Oh, you know, like I, I do it, but then once I do it, I'm not perfect. Right. So I do it. It happens. Oh, look at that. Oh, that's a new one. Yeah. I do it. And then I'll say, I love you just the way you are. You look great for 62. You're doing you're, you can walk. You can see I'm grateful for my body. And I move on to another subject. I can leave you guys with anything today. It's that it's, you know, move on to another subject, stopping the victim of your life. Listen to where you're the victim of your life. If you don't feel like you're the victim of your life, send this to someone who you think does feel they're the victim of their life. Share this podcast, write in, let us know what you think about this show because I think I think a lot of women and men struggle with judgment, fear, mm-hmm. anxiety, depression, victim consciousness. Mm-hmm. And that's not a bad
0: thing. It just is a thing. You know, don't judge that, but become aware of it and, mm-hmm. um, and realize that it doesn't have to be that way.
1: And do the work. Read a book, do the writing, like read uh, the podcast notes from this show and there'll be more writing, you know, on backlinks. Every show, if you go to shamanisabella.com has the post, but it also has a deeper dive into uh, more of what we've talked about. So if you'd like to learn more about the topic, please go and read, uh, visit uh, Modern Shaman Kitchen in Whittier. And until the next time. Okay. Love yourself.
0: No victims. Only volunteers.
1: Oh, God. Good vibes. In the good vibes deck. There are no victims. Only volunteers. Stop opening up and projecting your shit on others. (gasps) I love you, Jim. See you guys next time. Love you too. Bye.